from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studios. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. George Campbell, Ramsey personality, co-host of the uber-popular Smart Money Happy Hour that he and Rachel Cruz do as a podcast on the Ramsey Networks. He's my co-host today. Open phones here as we talk about you right in front of you. It's your life, baby. Let's talk about it. The phone number is 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. Anthony, starting off this hour in San Francisco. Hey, Anthony, what's up? Hey, Dave, how are you? Better than I deserve. How can I help? Yeah. Well, first of all, happy early Father's Day. Um, and um, my wife, well, I started listening to you about a year and a half ago, and I got my wife, um, re- recently new wife, in like into you as well. So we're both on the same plan and have the same head on. And my question is, um, we want to purchase a house within the next year or two, mm-hmm. and we've the only debt we have right now is student debt that we've been saving um, over the last year. And my question is whether we should pay it off all now, um, but wondering if that will affect our credit score with trying to purchase a home within the next year. George, you did this. Yeah. Uh, living this out, I've paid off student loans and I bought a house without a credit score. So the question I think you're asking is how will it affect it in the meantime if I'm in that weird in between? Because when you pay off your student loans, is that all of your debt? Yes, that's all our debt. Yes, uh, before he goes on, let me ask you a question. Do you have enough money in the bank right now to pay off the student loan? We do. We both do. Oh, okay. So you could just write a check and be done today. And then you want to buy a house okay. about a year from now. Correct. Okay. Making sure I have my facts right. Okay. So your emergency fund, will you have that in place already or will you need to build that up after you pay off this debt? Yeah. So I guess it's kind of scrambled. Uh, total student debt between both of us is about 56000 and we have about um, 70000 in our savings. Mm-hmm. And I also, uh, we also have together uh, about 20000 in individual account with uh, Schwab. Cool. Okay, good. So that'll leave you with about 34000 if you cash out what's in that account. That'll leave you $34,000. let us call your emergency fund somewhere, is it fifteen to twenty for you guys? Three to six months of expenses? Yes, that's about right. Okay. And then you've got a little starter down payment fund with the rest of that money. So you got about 20000 towards your down payment, and you got a year to finish saving up, right? Yes. Okay, yes, so we're going to tell you to right. pay off your student loans today. When you get home tonight, go, honey, we're getting ready to be debt-free. Watch. Push this button. Okay. Okay, now, it's then, the then how are you going to get a house? So then in 6 to 12 months after you pay off your debt, that credit score will disappear once you close all your accounts. And then your credit score will disappear. Now, there's a chance you get the house and they run the credit and you still have a credit score. And it's probably still going to be a good score. And that's fine. You can still get a house that way. But there's really no... Your credit score is not going to go down to, you know, a 600 all of a sudden because you paid off your loans. You have any credit cards open? Um, we do, but we pay it off. Close uh, them, too. Each month. 
Close them too. Okay. That'll keep your credit score open. What we're trying to do is make have zero credit activity, which will make your credit score completely disappear in six to nine months. Zero credit score sets you up for manual underwriting, which is where they just check your job, check your deposit, like we used to back in the day when people had cents. Back in the old quali- days. Back in the day when people had to actually qualify for a mortgage, and a monkey can give you a mortgage now by looking at a number. Ooh, ooh, credit score. Ooh, ooh. And uh, but yeah, but but we used to actually make sure people had the money to pay the bill and stuff. And uh, it's called underwriting the loan. Manual underwriting is what it's called now, as opposed to not underwriting it. And so uh, that's what George did. He went with a zero credit score into Churchill Mortgage and got a mortgage on his first home. Did I have that right? Yeah. And there was, Anthony, there's going to be so many friends and family that go, you're crazy. It's going to be so much more expensive. It's going to take forever. It's going to be impossible. Don't listen to them because they've never done it. And so I'm telling you, it's not going to be that difficult. It's not going to take a lot more time. There's going to be a few more extra documents. And as long as you stick to that 15-year fixed with at least 10% down, you're going to get a really great competitive interest rate. With Churchill Mortgage. Not all mortgage companies know how to do this, Anthony. Yes. So you can't run over at some stupid butt place like Bank of America because they won't know their butt from a hole in the My ground. My lender said they won't do it. You yeah. got to stick with one that actually okay. knows what they're doing. Yeah, you got to you got to get with somebody like Churchill. They they because we've endorsed Churchill for almost thirty years, and because I've told people to not borrow money, Churchill has obviously system wide learned to and um, managed their whole process to being able to do manual underwriting because a lot of Ramsey people don't have a credit score. Because all of us got rid of our debt and our credit, we don't use credit or debt. But now, if you keep those stupid credit cards open, you may end up with a six fifty. And it's going to screw you up. So you can't half butt do this, Anthony. You got to decide is you or isn't you. And you got to lean in and push all the way through. Uh, so ish will get you in a middle ground you don't want to be in. And I don't suggest that. If you're going to do that, then just stay in debt, son. Yeah, the, this idea of the credit score is hilarious to me. And once you get the mortgage, there's no reason you would ever need a score at all, even though you don't need one for the mortgage. Because the only reason people hang on to it is the what in case. What if, Dave? What if we need to go into? Debt? You know, if I was a, if I was in the banking business, I would invent a thing that said you need to go get a credit card so you can build up this number, so that you can get a car loan, so that you can build up this number, so that you can get a student loan, so that you can build up this number, so that you can get a home mortgage, because you need this number. And I would teach you to worship at the altar of the great FICO. Because I would tell you that FICO was your great provider and that your life on the planet will be somehow substandard if you don't have this number. It almost sounds like revelations. Yeah, this is conspiracy level theory right here. And it's the only number that we obsess over more than our weight. Those three digits, man, we are so obsessed. We brag about it. We, to the, our we the culture, not you and me. We. Dave and I would it'd be a really sad you time. You don't bragging. even obsess over weight unless it's a lack of it. I don't share those numbers, Dave. Okay. And, and my credit score uh, is I, sadly I would share some low. of my numbers with you, but it wouldn't help. <laughs> Either one of us. I'll take one for the team, Dave. You can donate some to me. Oh, but it really is a wild thing that our culture has become so obsessed. So here's the interest. You, you know, I have to teach this like and have for 30 years. You could get a million-dollar inheritance. Your FICO score doesn't want change one penny. It is not an indication of financial well-being or financial health. It's an indication mathematically. The algorithm by which they used the math they used to build the FICO score is 100% based on how much you play kissy face with the bank. If you don't play kissy face with the bank, if you're not making out with Bank of America, you're not getting a FICO score. 
I mean, this is not hard, people. If you if you if you get a million dollar a year raise at your office today, everyone will wonder why, and your FICO score will not change one point. And you won't care about your FICO score then. Anyways, yeah, it won't change right. one point. Yeah. It's not an indication you're winning with money. You can be broke, but deeply in debt, and have an 800 credit score. Which, about a matter of fact, is about the only way to have an 800 credit score. Yeah. This is the Ramsey Show. Are you working the baby steps? One of the smartest and most impactful changes you can make is to ditch your cash value life insurance plan, if you have one, and replace it with a term life policy. Listen, the only thing a cash value policy is good for is overcharging you for the life insurance and then paying you a crappy rate of return on your overpayment. Stop wasting your money and really focus on getting out of debt and growing your savings. For over 25 years, I've trusted and used Xander Insurance to find the best rates on term life insurance from the top rated companies. They keep the whole thing simple. You can apply online or over the phone, and they even have low-cost plans that don't require an exam. Go to Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. Even if you don't have a cash value policy, if you're one of the 70% of people who have no life insurance or not enough, it's even more important to get this done. 800-356-4282 or Xander.com. George Camel Ramsey personality is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. We are so glad you are here. Today's question of the day is sponsored by Neighborly, your hub for home services. As the weather warms up, Neighborly can help you find local service pros like the Grounds Guys, Five Star Painting, and Mosquito Joe to turn your outdoor space into your favorite space. It's a great company. Find the help you need at Neighborly.com today. Today's question comes from Chris in Missouri. I've heard some people say that when it comes to budgeting that I should only live on 50% of my income, save 25%, and invest 25%. That's dumb. Is it practical for me to only live on half my income, and is this the best way for me to begin saving and investing? Who are these people that say this? Who these people are. They said and I heard are horrible financial planning firm. Wow. Okay. So whoever these people are, they're going real aggressive on all fronts. So we recommend investing 15% once you're out of debt. Uh, there's no real savings goal beyond that other than your normal goals and your emergency fund. Have that in place before you invest. And then as far as your expenses, it's a great thing to learn to live on less than you make. There's no certain percentage. It's all very variable on your life circumstance, your family, your cost of living, all of those things. So, But you have to live cool on goal. less than you make or you end up in debt. Are broke and bankrupt, one of the two. I mean, but yeah, or, or both. You'll be okay if you live this way. I just yeah. think it's a tough goal that's for just, most people. Uh, that's just weird, though. I mean, that, I don't know who came up with that. That doesn't work. So I will tell you, George, that you know when we were laying out the baby steps, we started with $1,000, a little starter emergency fund. Then you get out of debt. You build your full emergency fund, three to six months. Baby step four, save 15% of your income for retirement. You know, five is kids' college. So we have these very specific buckets that you're investing and naming and giving admission to the dollars. Uh, back when I was putting all that together, one of the things I read was a wonderful quote from the, uh, uh, there was a great awakening, a great revival that swept across America in the frontier days. John Wesley, the Wesleyan, the father of the Wesleyan church, the Methodist church. And um, he said famously that if you give 10, save 10 and live on 80, you'll always be okay. And of course, you know, that's not a really, that's not a bad formula. 
But we decided to instead give very specific goals to, uh, you know, tithing for those of us that are Christians. That's what he was referring to, but, but on the giving side. But on the other side, very specific goals and very nuanced. And so at Baby Step 2, we teach you to save zero and put it all on the debt until you get out of debt so that you get rid of the payments so you got more money to invest and to give. And so it's kind of a almost our, our thing's more of an intermittent fasting thing, right? There we go. You know, you're, you're just before Boy, the trends, I just made, did I just say something modern? That's how hipster that's a Davis. scary, right? He there. was doing it before it was cool. Yeah, that's it. Jane's in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Hi, Jane. Welcome to the Ramsey show. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Well, um, I, I've been listening to you for a little while now, and you seem to favor a Roth IRA over a traditional IRA quite frequently. I know the differences. Um, I'm wondering why you tend to favor the Roth, and I could tell you why my financial advisor originally put all my money into a traditional, um, if you want to hear that. Well, tradi- uh, uh, it's possible that your financial advisor fell in the same hole that other financial advisors fell in uh, and couldn't get out. And that hole was, the, the, the in order for the traditional to work out ahead of the Roth mathematically, you have to be in a lower tax bracket dramatically at retirement than you are now. Uh, a dramatically lower tax bracket, which, by the way, means you haven't got any money. Because if you've got $5 million, your required minimum distributions at 70 and a half are going to put you in the same tax bracket you're in now. So you're not going to be in a lower tax bracket. And so the Roth absolutely mathematically kicks the traditionals, butt. and here's why. If you take $200 a month from age 25 to age 65, 40 years, and you invest that in a decent growth stock mutual fund, you're going to have $2.5 million in there. However, only 96000 of the $2.5 million is actual principle that you put in so if you did a traditional in that you would have gotten a tax break on ninety six thousand dollars you would have not paid taxes yet on ninety six thousand but you'll pay taxes on the entire two and a half million as you pull it out if instead you did this with a Roth you would pay taxes on the ninety six thousand and zero taxes on the rest of the two and a half million so there's no way that the traditional even comes close to the Roth mathematically. Does that help you? Well, um, that's what my, uh, must be why my financial advisor went that route because yes, when I was, I'm retired now, but when I was making a decent salary, um, he, I was in a high, obviously in a higher tax bracket than I am now that I'm retired. And so, um, he's moving slowly every year, uh, a certain amount from the traditional into the Roth to still keep me in a very low tax bracket. No, that's good. That's a smart, that, that is a smart move, but he assumed that you weren't going to have enough at your required minimum distribution. Cause you, you know, in my example, you got a tax write off on $96,000 and then you still end up paying the taxes on it when you pull it out later. And so it just doesn't make sense at all. Now, um, when Roths first came out, they really took the nerd, population of financial planners and blew their brains out i mean they their minds they they just were in a hurricane they didn't know what to do and i was one of them i I spent numerous hours crunching numbers trying to figure out this thing and and here's the other interesting thing george is when you compare apples to apples 
what we would all do in those days is we were trying to do the proper math calculation. So if you're going to say, all right, $100 going into a Roth requires, because you got to pay taxes, that's net of taxes. So to put 100 into a Roth, you actually have to make 130 right? Yes. So we would say, all right, 130 going into a traditional or 100 going into a Roth, because that's a correct set of mathematical assumptions for a math nerd. And if you're a financial planner, you usually are a super math nerd, right? Now, here's the problem with that. That's not what people do. They put, they put in, the same amount. They in. end up putting the same amount in, regardless of the tax situation. That They forget that taxes have already come out. I've already got the taxes out of my Roth, but I'm still going to fully fund the $8,000, the $6,000, right? Yeah. I'm going to still max the thing out. I'm still going to put the exact same percentage of my income into the Roth 401k at my work, even though there's it's net of taxes. It's, it's, I mean, it took more money to get that in there yeah. than it did to do that in traditional. But no one ever goes, you know, I'm going to put 80 into my Roth instead of 100 into my traditional they don't reduce it. They just put the same amount in. Yeah. And so you end up with a Roth. We cheat you. We trick you into saving more. By accident. You didn't even know it. We trick no you. And one, no one's called in saying, Dave, I did you know, Roth like you told me to. I got too much money in retirement. What do I do? I've never had it's anybody. Good you problem know, I followed your plan on, on getting a match first and then getting all the Roth I could get and then doing traditional. And I ended up with millions of dollars and I hate Dave Ramsey. I have never had that complaint. Never. And on top of that, there's no required minimum distributions on the Roth IRA. Ta-da. So that's a big bonus as well. And when I get to retirement, I don't want to be worried about tax brackets and how much income I can withdraw. I just want to live and give like no one else and not have to worry about that. So Jane, where you have ended up today, you're getting good advice on the gradual move so as not to bump your tax bracket. Because whatever you pull out from under the traditional move it to the Roth is not going to be subject to required minimum. And it's going to grow from this point forward tax-free. But... You're, not, you're, doing, you're moving it gradually so as not to bump up a tax bracket, and that's good advice. The advice that got you here, however, is bad advice. You should, I wish you were all in Roth right now. You'd be in much better shape. You wouldn't have any of this discussion going on, and you probably have more money. So, but, uh, but it's not the end of the world. You did good, and you've retired, and you got a chunk of money. and, you and I, So you and I got the opportunity to talk theory, and that's it's awesome. Fun. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So the rule is rock, paper, scissors, but except there's only one way to go. Okay, match beats Roth, a hundred percent match before you get started. You can't beat you can't beat that math, right? Beats Roth. Roth beats traditional. So do all the match you can, all the Roth you can, and only then do you do traditional. This is the Ramsey Show. George Campbell, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today in the lobby of Ramsey Solutions on the debt-free stage. Ruben and Andrea are with us. Hey, guys, how are you? Good. Good. Welcome. Where do you guys live? Uh, English, Indiana. What's that near? Uh, It's about an hour west of Louisville. Okay, cool. Yeah, I know right where you are. Yeah, very cool. Welcome to Nashville. And how much debt have you guys paid off? We've paid off $252,852. Way to go. How long did that take? 48 months. Wow. wow. And your range of income during that four years? Uh, we started at 150000 and we're ending at two hundred twenty. Wow. What do you all do for a living? I do construction. I own my own business with my dad and his brother. Mm-hmm. 
And then um, I work as a problem manager for a agriculture financial lender. Ah, very good. Good for you guys. So what kind of debt was the 253000 Uh, Heavily student loans, mm-hmm. a tiny bit of medical debt, and then our mortgage. Oh, you paid off wow. your house. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Look at it, weird people. <laughs> yep. <laughs> very nice. What's the house worth? Our property's worth about four fifty right now. Excellent. And how much have you guys got in your nest egg? Your four hundred one k's and Roth IRAs and stuff. Probably around two hundred or so. Very good. You're gonna be baby steps millionaires soon. Yes. Yep. Well done. How old are you two? I'm uh, twenty nine. I'm thirty two. You know, paid for house. Yes. Weirdos. <laughs> Extra weird. Feels I love good. it. I love it. <laughs> well done. Okay, so what happened four years ago? You must have got married. <laughs> we did. We did. <laughs> it was right around the time we were getting married that we started the steps. I was. We were over at one of her friend's houses, and they were talking about Dave Ramsey, and I didn't know much of it, and I was on Facebook at the time. When I get home, you pop up on my Facebook ads, they click on listening. it, watch the video, and then I started listening to your podcast, and it was pretty much game over from there. Uh oh, yep. so uh, Andrea, he got addicted, huh? He did. <laughs> he very much did. I'm sorry. <laughs> what was your first reaction to all this when he was like, "Hey, you got to listen to this Dave Ramsey guy"? Yeah. Well, I mean, I get excited pretty easy, so I was super on board. Like he he seriously came home and said, "We need to cut up the credit cards," and we literally did that same yeah. day. And then I don't know. It probably didn't even take a week later, and I was like. I don't know what we're doing. Like, this is Uh-oh. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I just jumped in the pool. I'm not sure I can swim. Yep. Yeah. Yep. The deep end. Yeah, literally two years before we were talking about her student loans, they made you, after she graduated college, they made us basically a lot amount of money, you know, to pay each month towards it. And it looked like it was going to take us 20 years, basically, is the plan yeah. we were on. And yeah. then we... I mean, it took us no time after that. Yeah, you just give you hope that you can do it. Yeah. And you knock it out in 48 months. House and everything while yeah. we're at it. Mic yeah. drop. That's yeah. wild. So yeah. You went from yeah. a 20-year plan to a four-year plan yeah. with the house. What made you guys push on through after the consumer debt was gone? I just said, why not? Like you We came breathe. this far. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. While we're at it, while yeah. we got the momentum, yeah. Yeah. push it all the way through. Wow. So, what do you tell people the key to getting out of debt is? You're 29 years old. You have paid for house. You're almost millionaires already. Um, I'd say communication. We yeah. We tell all our friends all the time that it felt more like marriage counseling than yeah. a financial plan because it uh-huh. that communication piece was the biggest thing. Yeah, and budgeting helped a lot too. Like we were just spending money on stupid stuff we didn't really need. Mm. And what's the dumbest thing you bought when you're doing stupid stuff? Huh. That's a good huh. question. It that was just more. It was out. more like just like we had uh, like Netflix, Hulu. We had all those things that like Le- even way more. I don't know. Yeah, those automatic subscriptions yeah, automatic that would just take money out, and mm-hmm. you have to look at it and be and like, you don't, "Do we? You don't need look this? at. You don't care what it is. Just fill a buggy up right. when you go to Costco. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. I was good. just reading a stat that fifty-one percent of those that who make six figures are paycheck to paycheck. Right. Which is just wild. And you yes. guys were those people. Yeah, we you were, were those like, people. We make good money and it's all just disappearing. Yeah. What yeah. were the tactical things you did to actually get control once you started looking at this? 
the monthly meeting. Yeah, monthly very meeting much. was very, yeah, very much so. That made us stay on track, and especially like I was the spender, <laughs> and Ruben was the saver. So making sure we stayed together and communicated and stuck to that, because that was, I mean, that was hard. Like mm-hmm. he very much had to wrangle yeah. me in it. Yeah, it was rough at times, but I had to do it. <laughs> what was the uh, What was the one biggest fight you remember? Going out with friends, we had to slow that down a little bit. Yeah. That was very much so. That was the main that thing. That was hard. We yeah. our biggest chunk we paid off the like ninety ish thousand between February twenty nineteen and April twenty twenty. Whoa, and right in was, it. That was in the, the thick, thick of, of it. it. And then COVID and shutdown, like that was it was yeah. a tough time. Yeah. Yeah, it's very hard. Hard yeah. for everybody, but yeah, it, it's hard to be sacrificial in the middle of that mess. Yeah. yeah. Way to go, you guys. Excellent, excellent work. Okay. And you got kiddos? We do, we do. Are they here? They are here. Okay, well, bring them up here. Let's get them in the shot. Okay, what are their names and ages? Uh, Ruby, he's about to be two. And Mm -hmm. then Rory, she's about to be one. All right, very cool. Oh, good-looking guys. What a great family. Those kids don't even know what their mom and dad have done. Their whole family tree has changed. I'm so proud of y'all. Well done. Hey, we've got the uh, Live and Give box for you. That's the Total Money Makeover book, the Baby Steps Millionaires book, both number one bestsellers for you to read or give, whatever you're going to do there. And, of course, Financial Peace University as well. Uh, You can use that or give it away, too. So way to go, you guys. Ruben and Andrea, Ruby and Rory from English, Indiana. $253,000 paid off in 48 months, making one fifty. dollars to 220 count it down let's hear a debt-free scream three two two one, one. we're, we're debt-free debt yeah! <laughs> i love it so george a buddy of mine was telling me he was looking at uh twitter i don't look at twitter as you know it's full of crap and uh he said, you know, half the people on there are like, Dave Ramsey doesn't know how to make people millionaires. He goes, you make that's people hilarious. millionaires all the time. And Out I'm of going, all the things they want to come at you for, that's what they chose? I mean, isn't that funny? Because those guys right there, I mean, they're 29 years old, they're almost millionaires. We put people on the air all the time that have just said, I followed your plan and now I'm a millionaire. Yeah. Look at that. I don't know how, how much more social proof it's we can not, give them. It's not for rich people. It's for poor people, Dave Ramsey stuff. Dave's no, I, mean, people. You know, I think you're an idiot if you say that. I mean, because the actual... the the data is that we may have made more millionaires than anyone else in america yeah not i mean we didn't do it but we showed showed more people how to become and they did go do it then you know so because the trick here is this listen hey what's the number one cause of divorce in north america today money fights money problems what'd she say marriage is better communication what's the number one thing communication three different times yeah she said i'm the spender communication communication accountability we had to learn to work together we had to hold each other accountable communication marriage has increased debt is gone thought they were going to be under the thumb of the student loan debt for 20 years and no four years later while we're at it let's just pay off the house too it's amazing i'm so proud of them they're neat wow amazing amazing heroes and i hope there's other people out there who are going we make over a hundred thousand dollars and yet we're broke with payments up to our eyeballs and subscriptions we forgot about and we thought we were going to pay off debt maybe 20 years from now we'll retire one day 
and instead they took control. Along comes Reuben and Andrea to bust your little idea. Yep, those little kids will do that to you. And they yeah. cash flowed those babies in the middle of all this. Uh, well, yeah, just drop that in there, why don't we? Crazy. Yeah, way to go, guys. Man. So very cool. Listen, when you take control of your own life in a world that tells you you're a victim, you're what's called a hero. They're rare. They're rare. It's someone who stands up, throws her shoulders back, and says, not me. I'm not a victim. I, don't, I mean, because there's plenty of people out there who will tell you that you're stuck. That's easy to do. People like us. Well, our millionaire what, study, a, Dave. What's a people like us? What the crap does that mean? We found 97% of the millionaires we studied believed they had control over their own financial destiny. Well, isn't that interesting? Well, I mean, once you've ridden a bike... You ask people that know how to ride a bike, is it possible to ride a bike? Yes. Most of them would say, yeah, I think we can ride a bike because I like to do it fairly often. This is The Ramsey Show. George Camel Ramsey personality is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. So that couple that paid off 253000 in 48 months. Also, we were talking to them at the break, went through Financial Peace University. See, and he said, he never misses a podcast. You can listen to this podcast and know all the answers and not do it. And you'll still be broke and stressed and no wealth. Why? Because knowing what to do with your money isn't the problem. Doing it is what you have to do. You actually have to do it. Yeah. Knowing that donuts will make you fat means you have to quit eating them, not just knowing it, right? I know this from personal experience, I can tell you. Okay, personal finance is 80% behavior. It's only 20% head knowledge. The proven way to change your behavior is get in a system like Financial Peace University. It's the most well-known, most popular, uh, actually most effective uh, personal finance class in history. Yeah, really, 10 million people have been through this. This is why this class has worked. We, it's like having a personal trainer. you got a coordinator that's a superhero that's in your corner. They're going to hold you accountable. They're going to love you, encourage you when you're scared, show you what to do. Uh, become, in a, in, you know, in a sense like a coach, right? Hey, Financial Peace University. Sign up at RamseySolutions.com slash FPU. RamseySolutions.com slash FPU. Brandon is in Jackson, Mississippi. Hi, Brandon. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, Dave. How are you? better than I deserve. What's up? So uh, my question is, should I live closer to work, uh, renting an apartment, buying a clunker vehicle, uh, as I hear so many times, or should I, be, should I keep paying my 2023 Honda Civic off uh, and drive two hours Monday through Friday to work, an hour to an hour from? Um, I don't know why these things necessarily go together. Um, I... Well, personally cannot imagine driving that much to work. My commute is 12 minutes and I would change my life if it was two hours. So, um, why do you want to drive that far? Why does that sound appealing? I mean, you could live close to work and have a civic, right? So they're not mutually exclusive. Why? Yeah, there's uh, there's more to it. Um, Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So. I, I, I am I am thirty and I, I do still live with my parents and that that's that's the I, I that's kind of the thing. It's like, well, uh I don't I don't think I'm making up for a mortgage for a mortgage or anything and I'm thinking, well maybe uh maybe I need to um maybe I need to have them 
maybe I need to rent somewhere, or I, I'm not entirely sure. All right, let's catch back up. How old are you? 30. Okay, and what do you make? I make uh, about 40, uh, I'll make 46000 a year. Okay. How much was the Civic? Civic was twenty five, and my parents paid it. All. My parents paid it, and I'm paying it back five hundred a month. Oh. Dude, that car is a large portion of your world. So you're saying the other yeah. option is we sell the car and get a clunker, and then go live on your own, closer to work. Yes. Yes, I was trying to I communicate like that with you earlier. Yeah, that's a great yeah. plan compared to your life right now. <laughs> you're you're chained to a car, and it's making you live with your parents when you're thirty, and having a, yeah. a multiple hour commute. Yeah. There's nothing yeah, in this. Nothing really in this story is fun, man. There's no fun here. No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not sure how big of a clunker you have to do, but you definitely need to get rid of this car, regardless of where you live, because it's more than right. half your annual income. You have too much tied mm-hmm. up in car, and um, yeah, I, I think you already know what you're supposed to do. You just wanted us to tell you. Yeah. It's it's it's. It's a reliability thing. I'm, I'm scared. No, that's not what I'm talking I about. I, I, that's not what I'm talking about. I think you're ready to not live with your parents. You're 30. Yeah, I'm, I am. You need to move. You want your dignity. Yeah. Right now, your growth has been And the, what's keeping you from doing that is the car. Right. Yeah. So what they thought was a blessing actually, actually has caused them to have a 30-year-old in their basement. So it's not a blessing. So... Um, right. Because, you know, they, they, there's a part of them that wants rid of you, and there's a part of them that wants you to stay forever. That's all parents. We don't want our children to leave. We love our children, assuming they're functional and not crazy and all that. But, I mean, most of us love our kids, and we, would, we want to be around them. I, I love my grown children. I've got, a, you know, kids in their 30s, right, and grandbabies. I love them all. I don't want any of them living with me, though, now. I'm done with that. Hmm. I, figured out I, I, can have- lo- I figured out I can love them better when they're not there. It's amazing how that works. Yeah. Move out, get rid of the car, get you a cheaper car, get you a better life. Two-hour commute sucks. Big car payment sucks. Living with mom when you're 30 sucks. Let's undo the sucks, man. Really? What do you think? Yeah. I'm I'm with it. And, Dave, I've got so much flack lately. I've been uploading videos on my YouTube channel about car buying, car leases, how dumb they are, how your car payment is costing you $6 million. And the little whiners don't like it. Well, they go... You can't get a use. Oh, my gosh. He wants us to die in a fire on the interstate. Oh, my God. Driving these used cars. Well, like, hey, listen, die in a fire on the interstate. You drive a Tesla. Come on. Yeah, I'm already living on the edge. Yeah, I mean, you're 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 dying on a fire on the interstate right. looking for a place to happen. So, I'm just brave. I know. You are. You have, uh, you have great courage. But this idea that a used car is somehow way more unreliable you than know, your new car. What's interesting is if you buy a brand new car and you have it for two years, do you have any idea what you're driving? A, a used, used car. car. How is it possible that all used cars are unreliable? That's a dumb butt statement. That's dumb, especially cars as well as they're made today. The quality of vehicles today. I just saw there were a 200,000 mile Civic and it's still a great car. They sent me a video of this Toyota that had 1 million miles on it and it was still running that but yeah but But it was impressive this idea that if it's over a hundred thousand miles change your oil hello gracious change your oil this is not rocket science 
Yeah, but I mean, I'm going to die on, in a fire on the interstate. They're what just, kind of wilting snowflake comment is that? Well, it's I'm hyperbolic. I'm going to die in a fire on the inner. You are a drama freaking queen. They catastrophize everything. And worse than that, you posted that on a YouTube video that was someone else's. What? Jeez. I know. These are the YouTube comments that I love to read, Dave, just to rile you I up. I think I can hear your mother's helicopter blades in the background. Need something safe and reliable. No gluten. I'm just saying, oh my gosh. Wow. What a time to be alive. I'm telling you, man. Jeez. I am turning into that get off my lawn guy. And we're all here for it. You're here to watch it It only helps the ratings if Dave's yelling at all of us. Oh my gosh. But... Here's the thing. If you're going to buy a used car, people, and Dave, you've been saying for years, get the beater car, get the beater car. Well, yes, the beater cars are more expensive than they were. You may not be able to find the $1,000 beater car. It may be a $5,000 beater car. So is your income. Your income's gone up. And get a pre-purchase inspection for 100 bucks, so you know you're not buying a lemon that's riddled with issues, and you'll be just fine. That's all it takes. But I'm done with these. this excuse that I need a $35,000 car Listen, because the $5,000 one is going to end me in a fire on the interstate. burn you on It doesn't, make, it doesn't check interstate. out. Just admit that you're justifying a bad purchase. That's okay. Be honest with yourself. The wussification of America. Oh, my gosh. You're going to die in a fire on the... I'm going to be in a van down by the river. <laughs> That's now a dream for many people, Dave. That's not even the worst case scenario. Yeah, I talked to a lady I heard the other day, a young lady. She said she's a digital nomad. Ooh. That's a neat word for homeless. But it's digital now, so it's digitally homeless. Yeah, I'm digitally a nomad. Yeah, I'm just not just a nomad. I'm now a digital nomad, which means your avatar is actually homeless, too. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm going to become that old man going, kids these days in the digital you nomads. Can't, can't get nothing. No. Hey, guys, listen. We don't want you. If you'll drive like no one else. I didn't drive over here in a $5,000 car. I drove over here in a really nice car. I parked next to him. I can vouch. It was nice. It was a fun. I, I really wanted my commute to be a little longer today because it's that much fun to drive that freaking car. But I drove pieces of crap for a few years so that I can drive anything I want now. Drive like no one else so that later you can drive like no one else. Live like no one else so that later you can live like no one else. One definition of maturity, emotional, psychological, and spiritual maturity, is the ability to delay pleasure and not be whining the whole time. Wah. Call the ambulance. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, George Camel here. If you love the show and you want a deeper dive on your money journey, we've got a weekly newsletter that gives you helpful articles and tips on following the Ramsey way. Just go to RamseySolutions.com today to sign up for the newsletter. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter.